Wow. So how do I transition? Um, when all you want to do is stay where we are. So maybe we should just stay where we are. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you can sit down, stand here. You can move around, do what you like. Um, um, but this, you know, don't lose what we have in this moment. Don't lose what we have in this moment. And this is, so please have a sit down, lie down if you like. If, 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 if you feel you haven't had a lie down all day, you can just lie down on the carpet and I won't tread on you, I promise. Wow. Huh. Who came here for that? Come on. You know you needed that. I needed that. Yeah. Wow. It's so good. Thank you, band, for, for being at this end. I just like that what, that what happened there. I just, it's amazing. Shokanama Sandara. Wow. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Natasha. Yeah. Thank you, Amy, even though you can't hear me. Um, thank you, God. Um, whoa. So this is going to be a little bit shorter because of the time we spent, and I make no apologies for the fact that actually we, we pressed into God because that's what it's all about. Yeah. So a moment in his presence, an encounter, a second, is worth um, a thousand preaches, really. Um, so, uh, yeah. Whew. So this morning I covered, uh, for those of you who weren't there, I'm just going to give a quick thing through, is the fact that the reason why um, we're not jumping into the mechanism of doing prophecy and all that stuff is because we're getting the heart of what God is about. So when we prophesy, we prophesy out of the love, the, the heartbeat of God. And that not out of selfish ambition, not out of the hurt that we might be carrying around with us, not out of any bitterness that we have towards somebody or somebody else, or we might have been passed over promotion, or actually we are carrying a hurt that we should get rid of. Because actually we can get rid of all of that actually in the love of God as we follow the way of love, we find that we're in love. And then we prophesy out of that place. So I make no apologies as to why aren't we doing it. It's because actually then we can't help but to prophesy love. We can't help but to prefer the person in front of us. That actually as that person in front of us, we may spend you know, a, a, a long time prophesying to them. And at that moment, they're the most important person on the planet. We forget about who, what is going on. We actually, because we're actually in that love place of Jesus. And the person in front of us is the object, as it were, of, of the outpouring of the love that we've received. So we can't help but actually speak love, be love, communicate love. And in that place where that gifting is on character, we talked a bit about that this morning and, and what that entails and, and we touched on... Um, orphan spirit and being a son and daughter and actually looking at um, uh, authority and power, but also looking at those things that would 
that cause us to come out of that place of love. Those statements that we would make that would take us from that place of dwelling and being overwhelmed by the love of God and instead being overwhelmed by the world. And then our focus is on that which is overwhelming us. And if it's stuff from the world, then actually we think the world, we reflect the world. Whereas if we're overwhelmed by the love of Jesus, we reflect the love, we reflect that which we're being overwhelmed by. And we empower that which is overwhelming us, which our focus is on, which is the love of Jesus. So we talked about that this morning. And in the business world, when you want to start up a, a company, and I've started two little spin-out companies, one which grew to be worth 23 million uh, Canadian dollars, believe it or not, um, and uh, I invented a product that went in on sale in a thousand stores in Canada. This is historically correct. You can check it out. This is God, all right? Um, so I know what it is to start something small and to grow it and make it scalable. Okay, there was a team. It wasn't just me, but, you know, within a team. You, l you, s you scale it up. And the way, so for those who are much better at business than I am, the way that you scale things up is that you make sure they work when they're small. You make sure they have a good structure because then you can expand very readily and make it scalable. Yes, you can make it from a village cottage industry to a global industry because actually everything is right, everything is sorted out, the infrastructure is there, then you can expand it. How much more with character and gifting? Because actually without that character, you cannot expand, you cannot scale it up. You cannot get across to the other side of the river, no matter how much you jump up and down in your gifting. If your character does not allow you to extend over the river, your gifting will never get there because it can't be carried by that, because uh, the gifting cannot be carried by that character. Does that make sense? So that's why we're doing this, because actually, I just, the, you know, God is going to release us to actually, our influence is going to be so much more than we ever thought of, asked or imagined, because of the fact that what we're getting in these sessions, yeah? And I'm speaking to myself here, you know, I want my reach to increase. I want that which I, you know, I see myself doing to actually be, you know, in two years' time thinking, well, that was a good start, Mark. What I feel, you know, what I'm doing now, I will look back and say, well, that was a good start. So I'm speaking as much to me as I am to everyone else. Hmm. So, we talked all about that, being about overwhelmed. And so before I g ask Amelia to come up and give an example, I'll, I'll ask you in a few minutes, Amelia. Um, the enemy will want to use everything he can to get us out of that place of intimacy, to get out of that place of the heartbeat of God, to get ourselves out of being, oh my goodness, they're being influenced by the love of Jesus. They are in that environment, they're breathing it in, they're drinking it in. Oh my goodness, so they're actually not only are they breathing it, they're drinking it, they're being it, and it's all flowing out of them. So the enemy would want to kind of coax us out of that place of presence into a place of performance. Yeah? 
So then when we prophesy, it's out of performance. It's out of competitiveness. So when you're in a group prophesying and somebody, you know, like Natasha comes out with this barnstorming prophecy, I'm not, I'm not actually sitting there thinking, great, that's amazing. I don't think I could do that. Or actually, I'm going to beat that one. <laughs> you know? So it's two reactions. Either you give up and think actually um, it's and it's not a competition, but that's what that's what a, a performance spirit does. It it allows you to to compete. So you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to get a better one than that. And so actually, you s- you give what God gives you, then you make then you start making it up. Well, not making it up, but do you know what I mean. You carry on when God stopped. Yeah, He stopped about ten minutes ago, and you're still going. Yeah. So it cures that whole competitiveness because we talked about this morning. How do you react when someone is successful? So I work a lot with people in this room. I work a lot with Natasha. And, you know, it's like I rejoice in the success. And that that is an amazing word, Natasha. It's like, whoa. And so because of that, you unlock the blessing that is tied up with that celebration of that, that success over you. And so you are in the flow of that. So I'm actually in the flow of Natasha's success by celebrating it. Does that make sense? Whereas if I'd gone down the performance route, the competitive route, I cut all that off and it all dries up. And when your gifting dries up and if you're all gifting and no character, what are you left with? I'll let you fill in the blank. Whew. So, I'm going to give you 60 seconds of a blog of a preach that I gave back in November 2018 about three chairs because this will bridge into the next thing that I want to talk about because the enemy will want us to, to get us out of that place of presence into performance, into competitiveness. So, chair one is presence. Chair two is performance, right? There's a bit of background to this, but I'm not going to. But you'll get the picture when I've just read out maybe five statements. In chair one, we operate from the spirit rather from from the soul, mind, will, and emotions. That's chair two. In chair one, we are a receiver. So in the presence of God, we are receiver. In performance chair, we are an achiever. We have to achieve. We have to work to achieve. Because in chair one, we work and operate from the kingdom and not for the kingdom. This means we are Christ-centered and not self-centered. Remember this morning we talked about being self-absorbed, that Corinthians passage. This safeguards us from being disappointed feeling a failure, and being downright grumpy. In chair one, which is presence, we are looking to see who we can bless. Whereas in chair two, which is performance, we are always looking for bless me. Which is important when when you're prophesying to people. It's not about what you get out of it. It's not where it directs that person to. 
Cherwan is a place of rest where we, where we are working from our inheritance, not for our inheritance. So the pressure is off. It is not performance-related inheritance. We have it. That gives us the confidence to walk in the authority that we already have because we have that inheritance as sons and daughters. Does that make sense? So it comes back to that authority that we have. That I was talking about this morning. Whew. In chair one, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this because it's in a blog and you can, you can you find it on SoundCloud, November 2018. Ha. In chair one, which is presence, we receive wisdom and security to discern which battles we are meant to fight. This prevents us from being worn out and burnt out because we are not meant to fight every battle. Did you know that? Something to do with the field God has given you? which I'm going to talk about in a minute. It's going to be more condensed than what it was, but that's fine. Because um, I'll give you the rest of it in homework. Okay, so we've got homework. This is good, isn't it? Um, so I'd like, Amelia, just to come up and just tell me what you told me just now. This is following this morning and a conversation we had afterwards. Yeah. So um, this morning I went out for prayer. Mark prayed for me, and he said... Um, he asked the Lord to give me um, a revelation this afternoon, which I could share tonight. So on the way home, I said, okay, Lord, what was all that about? And the Lord um, took me back to last Thursday. Um, I run, come to the table, creative art sessions. And on Thursday, we were doing um, salt dough hands. So made some salt dough and made hands. And um, I made a pair of hands like this. And... Um, of hands like this, um, as in God's hands, and then um, I cut out little stars um, and then put the stars in the hands, so God's hands, and when he went like that and threw the stars into the atmosphere. So um, I said, okay, but yeah, I remember. And he said, well, I want you to do that session again. And I said, okay. So he said, I want you to, um, everybody to make a hand, my hand, and he said, I want you to place something into my hand and ask everybody to place something into his hand. So I said, okay, Lord, but what do you want me to place into your hand? And he said, I want you. I want you, just as you are, put yourself, your whole self into my hand. Wow. Thank you. I mean, I don't know about you, but that, I mean, Whoa. Thank you, Amelia. That is so profound. And thank you for sharing that. I didn't know it was going to be that. Um, I just knew <laughs> that God was going to show you the next thing to do. Um, yeah. If that just means something to you, can you just kind of, it's like, you know, a lot of these things are like Frisbees. You know, Holy Spirit Frisbees that actually are just thrown out. So if that's you, I'm just going to be quiet for just so that people on the tape just don't get confused. I'm going to be quiet for about 20 seconds where you can just catch it and just say, God, I received that. Are you ready?
Okay, go. Amen. Amen. That's so good. By the way, do you, you did realize that during that time that Natasha was leading us and we had the swords and all that sort of stuff, that we were all going through some sort of micro-deliverance? You know that, don't you? Um, what do I mean by that? means the fact that actually um, the enemy just sends swirls around us and demonic stuff to, to try and oppress us, confuse us and everything else. And, and actually... Um, without us realizing it. You can walk through atmospheres and things that add. I'm not saying that everybody had this, but, but actually um, sometimes we just need to get rid of a swirl that is around us. Does that make sense? Yeah? And I, you know, there are many definitions of that, but it w it's not a major deliverance, is it? It's like a micro deliverance. It's just like getting rid of the swirls. That It's almost like cleaning your glasses or if there's a little speck or something on your windscreen, you think, actually, that's distracting me. It's just getting rid of that. So you're not irritated, so you've got a clear vision and you can focus on the road. Yeah? Yeah. In my case, I had tears all over my glasses, so I mean, I had lots of, you know, <laughs> I always cry. So um, I'd just like to highlight my shirt tonight. Um, thank you very much. Um, no, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it, I just realized what when I put my jeans on and my shirt on tonight that these were the clothes that I bought in Glasgow um, that I um, bought to speak at Glasgow Prophetic Center because I didn't have a shirt. I also didn't know at the time until I think it was the day, the Saturday, that I was speaking um, at this place that they s um, speak at before they meet now. So um, anyway, so I hurriedly went and bought a really nice shirt. So they're from Next in Glasgow. There we go. So. Thank you very much. Thank you. I didn't say that just to get a compliment, but I'll receive the compliment, even so. <laughs> so. This is my Glasgow Prophetic Center preaching shirt and jeans. All right. Um, okay, I'm completely lost now. That was completely thrown myself. All right. Okay. So. <laughs> um, hmm. So remember that not every we're not meant to fight every battle, right? So we need wisdom for that. Yeah? Now we know that we've got the manifold wisdom of God because it says that in Ephesians 3.10, doesn't it? Manifold, I'm, I'm actually not going to have time to unpack this, but I just want to throw this out there, is the fact that the manifold wisdom of God, manifold is many-layered, many-faceted, many-colored. It's not just one thing. And so what we step into with God is that it has multi-layers. So we'll probably touch on this in sessions five and six in how we prophesy, how we hear from God. All of you will hear differently and at different times in different ways. And I was just going through a list tonight of how I hear, um, see and smell in the spirit realm. So I, I actually, for some reason, I don't know why, but there are, there are two particular demons that I smell, they have a smell. I know when people have them because I smell that. And it's really easy for deliverance stuff, you know? When you smell it, you think, ah. 
But actually, most of the time, 99% of the time, it's I notice the angelic guard, everything else. But sometimes it's useful to use your other senses. I smell burning coal, which is seraphim. Yeah? Ta sometimes we taste it. I think we had a meeting in here one time when people were tasting burning coal. But anyway, but I want to throw that out. So I'm going to unpack the manifold wisdom of God. Um, but actually, that will allow us to um, understand, accept, and work with different aspects of the same spirit. Because a manifold in the natural, I'm told from David Lindsay, um, who's an engineer, is that something comes in from one place, like a flow of something, and then it gets released out from different points, what's called a manifold. So if you imagine the flow of the Holy Spirit comes in and actually is, is released at different points, different places, and and there we have the body of Christ. And just because you're not the same as somebody else doesn't make it better or worse. It's different and we need it because we're the body, which goes back to what I was saying this time last week. So it's really important that actually when we go out there, so remember now we're all kind of fired up, we know where we are, we're in the love of God and everything else, and so actually, come on Mark, let me get at them now. You know, you're holding me back. You know, the stable doors, you, you know, just let it go. Come on, just let me out and run the field. Well, which field? Is it every field? Is it someone else's field? No. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 10, We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the field God has assigned to us, a field that reaches even to you. We are, we are not going too far in our boasting as, as would be the case if we had come to you, for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ, right? Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity or influence among you will greatly expand. So it's not just a one-time field fits all, right? This expands so that we preach the gospel in regions beyond you. So that which God is giving you now, he will expand and beyond that which is the people you're working with, but you won't be trampling on their field. Does that make sense? So you're working with them, but you're actually going beyond them. Not that you're going better than them, you're going beyond them to a different part as well. So it's increasing your influence, yes? For we do not want to boast about work already done in another man's territory. Dan McCullum, who wrote this amazing book, um, he set up um, the um, School of Prophecy Supernatural, something with Chris Vallison, didn't he, Natasha? And Natasha's given me his book. He defines this scripture, this prophetic field, as it were, and it's not just prophetic, it's as we're talking with, with Paul this morning, these principles are for all gifts of the Spirit, yeah, and all influences. It says, he says, your gift works everywhere on everyone, but works best somewhere on someone. Shall I read that again? So this is a kind of like a rehash of 2 Corinthians uh, 10. Verse 13, which I read very quickly through 16. He says, your gift works everywhere on everyone, but works best somewhere on someone. And he defines 
he actually goes further to say, you know, various categories, geographic, demographic, etc. In other words, it, you might actually be called to a particular land, you might be called to a particular people group. And there'll be cases in this room where actually you were operating a particular level, let's call it, you know, prophetic level or something like that, and then all of a sudden God calls you to a people group and your gifting takes off and you are so anointed. And actually you don't appear to be doing anything different rather than just being in a different field, maybe the field that you have been called to and you've found your field. And you think, God, I fit here. He says, yes, you were made for this. I made you for this field. I'm really pleased you found it. So the word in Greek for sphere, if you look at this, this field, this sphere of influence that Paul is talking about, the Greek word is metron. It means a measure or limited portion. So when we operate in this metron, this sphere of influence, there are two, at least two things. We are protected and we become effective or more effective. Yeah? So what does that mean? It means the fact that, we, that if we go outside of the, the field that God has given us, what usually happens, you know, you, we've all done it, we've all done presumed things rather than commanded things, you get a bit of a bashing, don't you? Oh God, yeah, that worked, I'll just do this now. And God's not even asking you to do it, it's to a field or a people group or a geographical location that actually he's n God's not wanting you to do. And actually you get all sorts of oppression, attack and everything else. And you end up being beaten up a bit, spiritually. Has that any ever happened to anybody? Yeah? Ever thought for a moment saying, God, you know, should I have gone there? Should I have spent a long time in that place? Because sometimes we're meant to go there and then come back. Yeah? So... So that's protection. So within that field, we have, um, the, you know, and that's why we work in teams, because then within teams, within an ecclesia, within different churches, within a region, we can come together and actually then, you know, when you start talking about tearing down strongholds and everything else, do you do that within the fields that have been assigned to those churches, to those leaders, to those bodies of people, and together you can do that. Because they have delegated authority in that area. And you don't, because you have delegated authority in your area. So it's not just protection, it's actually um, better than that. It, it's actually we can explore the full boundaries of that which God has given us. So I was talking to, to Natasha, it's like, um, you know, Psalm 16 verse 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Boundary lines, field, have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Go and explore your inheritance. It's a big place. It's a big field. Run to the edge. Will you ever get there? I don't know. So this is an expansion thing. This allows us to expand and get bigger with the influence that, that God wants us to have, and then we're not contained. So we become effective, but we're protected at the same time. 
which gives us courage to be able to step out and do the stuff God's asked us to do without thinking, oh, uh, you know, last time this happened, I got bashed spiritually. Well, actually, you're in the right field now. Yeah? Is this making sense? It's really simple. Once we know what actually our field is. And actually part of the homework, which Natasha also sent me as well, (laughs) is um, ask God what your field is. What does it look like? Is it a people group? Is it a place? Does it have a smell? Draw it. What aspect of, of it is God showing you? I mean, let's be crazy for a minute. Could it be, could it be that every time you come across your field, you hear the sound of running water? Which is what happened when I started up Speaks of Life. The first seven people that I met, God said to me, the seven people you're going to start up with are those that when you meet them, you will hear the sound of running water. And Anna was one of them. Now, I wasn't going around recruiting. I was just talking to people, and I would just hear the sound of rushing water, like in the heavenly realms, you know, when the voice of the Lord is like the sound of roaring, rushing water. I heard that. It was deafening. They were my field because they have their own field, but actually it's those fields of influence coming together. Does that make sense? That's all I had to go on. Not much of a plan, you might think. But it was simple. So why should I then make it complicated? If God's made it simple, isn't it arrogant then for me to start making it complicated when God, who's the creator of the universe and knows everything else, has said, Mark, this is really simple. This is what you do. Oh, it's way too simple for me, God. I need to make it complicated so you're really impressed when I don't follow what you're doing because I've now made it too complicated. Shaking on my thunder. Hmm. So, my boundaries are falling in pleasant places. I'm working with people in different fields, therefore I'm not trampling all over their field. I'm messing it up and causing them grief and giving them an opportunity to be offended having to say sorry all the time when actually really it's working together so that ties in with the second point I'm going to make and then I'm going to I'm going to make this in five minutes then I'm going to finish is um, it fits into what we what we've given our yes to so um, for for those that didn't go to um, Glasgow Prophetic Center start your year right in February conference in Glasgow um, a great message was, um, what is your yes to God? Because often that, de- that are giving our, asking God what his plan is and saying yes to that will place us firmly in the field, the metron, that this Corinthians passage is talking about. Yeah? So what do I mean by this? It means, look at your diary. Look at what you're doing. 
what have you what have you given your yes to to God in those moments in that time we were standing here in that amazing worship and we're in that place of intimacy with God which is what I've been talking about for the last two weeks and our resistance to God is so low that we say yes to anything we say yes God yes 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 and by giving God our yeses what happens is that we align ourselves up with the plans and purposes of heaven for our lives yes and we know what that feels like because in that moment, there, there are for, for each of us, different ways, different times, we know what that yes is. We know what actually the plan of God feels like, tastes like, whatever. Yes? Does that make sense? In your intimate moments, you know what that feels like. That is our yes to God. So when something comes along and it does not fit with that yes that you've given to God, do not do it. Because that is an uncommanded work. That is a work that is outside your metron that God has given you. This is actually very good news because actually it means, oh my goodness me, I can now probably shelve 50% of what I'm doing. I'll just start going through my diary tomorrow. And it doesn't mean to say that what you were doing isn't the right thing. It's just the fact that it might have actually had a season because in fields, there are seasons. Aren't there? In a normal field, there are seasons. How much more in your metron of influence, your sphere of influence, your field of influence? I say no, I said this morning, to about two-thirds of that which, which I'm asked to do, right? There are ways of saying no, and we talked about that this morning, and it often involves a smile and actually a solution. It doesn't mean say, no, no, I'm not doing this, but actually God gives you that manifold wisdom that we talked about just about ten minutes ago to actually say, well, no, I'm not doing that, but actually have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And, and the person will go, that's, that's, that's a better way of doing it than you doing it. I said, yeah, exactly. So not only have you said no and you've safeguarded staying in your metron, you've not been coaxed out of it into a metron that you shouldn't be walking in. You've allowed someone else to fulfill what they've made to do and actually everybody's happy. Yes? Because actually, to, to, to go down the route of man-pleasing, we will come out of the place that God has given us to say, oh, well, we'll just do, I'll just do that for a few minutes because I really feel sorry for them and, and no one else can do it except me or uh, that's what I'm thinking. And actually, then you're in a different field and you don't even recognize it. You don't even recognize the smell of it. You, you walk around there all clunky and it doesn't, it doesn't start well, it doesn't finish well and you get very disorientated, and you get grumpy, and actually the person that asked you to do it thinking, well, you're not much good, are you? You know, they thought you were going to do a good job, and you're not, because you're in the wrong field. Because you said, yes, I'd do it. And so why are you doing it? It's not even your field. They could have actually asked the fifth person down, who's now feeling frustrated, because they, they can see you make a complete mess of it, and then they get critical, because you're taking up the space. And you're just trying to help. But you get criticism from somebody else. You feel a failure because actually you're trying your best and you're getting nowhere. When really it would have been far better to have stayed in your field 
and said, this is amazing. I'm still exploring it. I've been exploring it for like 25 years. I haven't reached the boundary, my, my boundaries of pleasant places. I mean, I, I know they're out there, but you know, when I get them, it'll be delightful because it's delightful already. Right, you know, and just operate there and actually then help that person to find their metron. So, as I'm finishing, coming into land, and there's more to this. I mean, I talk, I, um, I talk about this a lot, don't I? Because it is um, key to how we operate, to how we move and have our being in terms of our work, um, you know, ministry, how it all, um, all is all linked up. And it just means you can apparently do a lot so this is a big thing there okay so people think mark you're so busy you do this you do this right okay the secret is you apparently do a lot but because it's all in your field it's really easy it's really okay it's really really easy and it looks really difficult and it isn't so i've now hopefully still reasonably you think of me quite well but you think actually he's not he's not as clever as I thought because actually he's just staying in his field. Well that's fine. Because it isn't about being clever, is it? It's about actually, you know, uh, you know, just seeing what God's plan is for your life and just doing it and then not making it complicated. I mean we've all tried the complicated bit and it doesn't work, does it? So yeah, so um it's really easy. So that is our homework. To ask God what our metron is, what our field is. And next time what we'll probably do is, uh, if there are people there, we might even share what they are. And actually what I would do is, if you can, um, for the people here, you know, if you come with a friend, just, just talk about it. Give it like three or four days and then just talk about it. You might say, well, I don't know what it is. But then the person says, well, actually, I know what your sphere of influence is. And, and they'll start talking about it because often people see what our sphere of influence is before we do. Yes? You know, there's this, there's this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's natural for me. Yes, it's natural for you, but it's not natural for 99% of the population. Could it be I'm made to do that? Yes! And as you do it, it's so easy because it's how you were made. So why are we doing stuff in an area, in a way, where we weren't made or we weren't even made to be? Because actually, this should be somebody else, our friend, our neighbor. We're keeping them out of that place. We're not doing a good job of it. And they're looking, thinking, oh, I wish Mark would move out of my field because he's ruining it. Yeah? Okay. So, I think we're all good now to jump into. So, by the time next week comes, we know what our field is. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Right. Part of it is we'll discover it as we go along. Yeah? It's a journey. It's a, it's a voyage of discovery. But actually, it's good to even have a, just a toe in our field because it feels so good. So, next, next time, um, we're going to jump right in because we're now on the edge of that diving board. We're sorted, love of God. We know what orphan is when it comes. 
And it does come, comes and goes. We can deal with it. Authority and power, we know that. We can say no to the, to the, to the things we're supposed to say no to. Yes, the things we're supposed to say yes to. And yes, there'll be a clunkiness to it. And yes, we won't get it right all the time. But isn't that what it's about? It's what training is. And that's why we need to be in the body rather than loose cannons. Because then we have friends who will say, Mark, that fits with you, that doesn't. And actually, I'm just going to champion you in the things that you're flying in. And I'll gently nudge you in the things that you really you should be dropping, actually. And you're pretty, you know. Just say it's not your strongest kind of thing. <laughs> You've got better things to be flying with. So why don't we just pray? So Lord God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for that amazing worship. We thank you that um, we have a sword that will just deal with um, pride, Leviathan's children. Thank you, Father God, that actually... Um, You've equipped us. You've armed us. We're an army. Thank you for that sphere, that metron of influence that we all have in this room. And it counters what the enemy sometimes will come and say to us in that he says you, you are insignificant and you do not have any influence because that is a lie of the enemy because we all have a field of, of influence that we've been given. And together, when you think, when fields are joined together, it becomes a territory. When territories are joined together, it becomes a kingdom. And as we walk out in the spheres of influence that we have as an army, we end up taking the Northeast. Because one person cannot do it on their own, because they have a sphere. As we work together, a region is taken and as we work together as a region a nation is taken and so on and so on which is why this is key so Lord God we just thank you for this truth thank you for for Paul's message thank you for the testimony that we heard thank you that actually our story our testimony is sometimes significant for the field that we are in because the people who actually are part of a field will actually resonate to the, our own testimony. So I release your tongues right now in the name of Jesus to begin to talk about the story that you have, the testimony that you have, the story of how Jesus set all of us free, the story of how Jesus loves us, the story of how Jesus has made a difference to all our lives because that is part of the metron, the sphere of influence that we have that releases us to the people that will hear that message. There are people that are desperate to hear the words that will come out of your mouth about the saving grace of Jesus and your own testimony to that. Tell your story, tell your story, tell your story. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.